0: Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. So starting this episode, I am taking advantage of the new Anchor listener support feature. If you'd like to help support this show, please tap the link in this episode's description, if using the Anchor application, of course, or visit Anchor.fm/bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. They offer three levels right now: 99 cents, 499 or 999. Any money from you, the listeners would go to making this show that much better. Thank you so much. And finally, I want to say, sorry for being away for two weeks there. I had fully intended to get everything recorded and published ahead of some family time and traveling. But due to our location, we had the car fire in Northern California come up pretty close to us. This, as you might have guessed, ate up quite a bit of my time getting prepared just in case. We were lucky, but many others were not, so our heart certainly goes out to them. But the positive news is that this is getting closer to full containment every day. So jumping into some news, Chrome 68 was released about two weeks ago. And it's finished rolling out to most devices now. The biggest user-facing change is the not-secure warning for sites not utilizing SSL. And then in developer news, there's now the Page Lifecycle API that tells you kind of when your tab has been suspended or restored. And it also affords you a measure over of control over what your app does when Chrome notifies it of its status change. And in the DevTools, one big update is a Lighthouse 3.0 audits which have not only increased what audits are available to you, but also they're a bit faster due to an internal rewrite. And kind of related to this, I had looked into automating this and there's a number of tools out there that can do this, um, but I had originally kind of looked at the page speed insights for automation, but it looks like Lighthouse, you can actually automate as well. And it's, there is a way to do it via a Chrome headless API. Uh, where it's mostly run through Node, uh, and then you can install via NPM. But it's pretty cool, so if you're looking into that kind of stuff, uh, definitely, you know, something to check out and take a look into. uh, The Atom Editor 1.29 was released as well. The big two changes announced were further improvements to the new parsing system called TreeSitter, and it means that the responsiveness of the editor will be a lot better, though. This is still not on by default, so you do have to go turn it on to try it. And additionally, they added a few more GitHub package improvements with many other tiny improvements added as well. You know, and one of the things I uh, wanted to include, you know, was the Atom editor because with Microsoft buying GitHub, there's been concern that, say, the attention given to the editor will kind of fade away due to the Visual Studio Code editor. And you know the impression that they've given, though time will tell, is that everyone has their own personal preference. You know, I personally like Visual Studio Code. I like to add them for a long time. But you can see that they're still making improvements, and hopefully this will continue into the future so that there's a variety of tools out there that you can use. In terms of some links and resources that I found recently, um, I've been using this Clockify. Time tracking app, you know, and it's mostly through their web interface. Uh, And it's really for time tracking uh, for your projects, say uh, consulting uh, jobs or anything that you need to kind of track and see about billable time. And this one's free. Uh, They do have a couple free uh, paid add ons, but almost everything you would possibly need is free with the app. It works very well. I've been using it myself and it's simple and it works for my needs, which is mostly just tracking billable time, so check it out. And that's Clockify.me. Another tool that I've been looking around and I stumbled on this one, and so far I've liked it quite a bit, is the Inno Reader, I-N-O-Reader. And if you need an RSS feed reader, this one allows for unlimited feeds with a very customizable interface. Plus, it has a dark mode, so with that I'm pretty much sold. Uh, But it's been good to aggregate lots of different feed sources. And this is so I don't have to spend a ton of time going around to check each individually. So a good example of this is GitHub releases. I can add each as a feed and get notified when a new one comes out. Which, as a side note, it's amazing to me that they still don't have a release notification because for the most part, that's all I personally care about when following different uh, projects out there. And as you can see by the issue requests or the feature requests, it's been wanted for a very long time. So hopefully someday they'll get that one out. And finally, uh, a bit different resource, but a site called MetaFact. And it's metafact.io. And it's kind of like Snopes, but for science. And if you don't know what Snopes is, it's a fact checking, uh, kind of geared towards the social end of things. Um, but this is similar. To a point where they but they have a bunch of experts in various areas respond to science questions and give kind of a proper analysis to a question. There may not be a definitive answer and there's a lot of differing opinions sometimes, but it can give you a much better reason to answer from experts in their fields. And for someone who likes to research and likes to make sure that, you know, what I see is accurate, it's a pretty cool site to kind of get an overall sense of what experts in those various fields are actually seeing and thinking and uh, backed up by what evidence is actually out there. So finally, I kind of want to talk about time tracking and scheduling. You can kind of maybe tell from a a slight um, theme going on in here, but what I've been attempting to be better about is scheduling for my time and tracking where that time goes. I can be very adept at finding ways to distract myself, and I'm, I am working on trying to stop that so much. You know, one of the ways I am seeing if I can work on this is through scheduling actual breaks and rest time. So for years, I've heard that one way to do this, especially if you have lots to do, is to put into your actual calendar uh, scheduled time for those breaks. And this is be it a hobby, disconnection from technology, even a nap, You know, this connects for me right now because while I do want to track my time better, I don't want to become beholden to accounting for every minute of my day. I don't necessarily see that as being healthy, but at the same time, I do need to come up with a bit better way than I am doing right now. So I'm trying to use a resource that I referenced earlier on here, and that is Clockify, to help me track my time and see how long I I really do spend doing certain tasks, but also putting in my schedule time for breaks. That way, I feel I can focus on getting what needs to be done without looking f- with looking forward to some relaxation time, rather than just this constant specter of work and never-ending to-do lists. And part of this is I've been feeling that kind of getting close to that burnt-out feeling, which I've talked about in past episodes, and in finding ways to mitigate that, I'm looking towards better time management. Ultimately, this is a conversation with myself that I'm learning. You know, many of my profession have had. And It's one of, how do you balance the demands of the job with that of life? Especially when it's so easy to just sit down and work on something that kind of blurs the line of work and fun. Which is a good thing for this, but at the same time can make it difficult to distance yourself from that work. So setting clear limits on time, you know, and being reasonable in your expectations that you just can't do it all, and in such a short amount of time, is one that I've personally had to realize and one that I think many out there have as well. You know, take this podcast, for example. I really do enjoy doing this, and I look forward to expanding it. But it can be a challenge to not only come up with ideas to talk about, but also keep it interesting to myself and to, you know, the listeners. I'm planning on dedicating more time to this, but to do so, I do need to sacrifice time spent on something else hopefully in this case, that random surfing the sites to kill time. But the problem is in some ways, though, that even in activities like that are an escape for your brain to just not think about you know, all that work for you know a bit and have a moment of reprieve. So it is important to distract yourself with those things. The question then is how to balance those needs with that of wanting to do more. So all of this brings me back to scheduling and time management, trying to find out where I spend my time and then proper scheduling that time in a calendar so I have goals to work to. This is really instead of that open-ended to-do list, which feel pretty endless. So hopefully this is kinda giving you a bit of insight into the struggles of another professional who probably tries to do entirely too much. You know, I would really love to hear your ideas and how you have helped solve those same problems. So that kind of concludes the end of this podcast, you know, what I want to talk about, but follow this podcast on Twitter at bitbbyte and Facebook at slash BitByte. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.